And this is Christian Brothers B Podcast, where we talk to the innovator of the daring and the bold, providing informative topics for the black LGBT. And I have a special guest. And uh, the reason why I say special because it's not often that I actually get uh, somewhat of a political figures on the show. And I definitely wanted to make sure this person comes on the show and uh, he accepted. So I was very happy about that. Uh, the state representative, which is, by the way, I definitely wanted to see. Can we a little more information regards exactly what a state representative does and what their take on uh, today's political environment really is and what to think it's that a lot of people should know about why it's so important to be a part of the midterms and definitely when it comes to the midterms is one of those uh, one of those important things that seems to be overlooked and I want to make sure I kind of chime in on that. He's definitely part of the Democratic Party and it's his actually city of residence and is in West Park and also he's as a Democratic Deputy Whip from 2016 to 2018. Graduated from Florida A&M University in a biochemistry and molecular biology. That's that's interesting. You gotta you gotta elaborate on that one. <laughs> you gotta elaborate on that one. Uh, <laughs> born in October the twelfth on the nineteenth, so we're both Libras, I, I assume. So, so yeah. definitely he has a, he holds a good. He definitely have a lot of affiliations, a lot of highlights within his career, and I definitely want him to kind of chime in and help us out. And please welcome Mr. Representative Chevron D. Jones. How you doing, Chevron? Uh, Hey, I'm doing well. It's good to be on here with you today, and thank you for having me. No problem. I thank you for accepting. I really appreciate uh, to have, a, like I said, someone of a political stature on the show. Kind of gives more uh, information in terms of especially what's going on since we only got 45 days until the midterms. Am I right? That's correct. 45 days until we go into the midterm election. You're correct. All right. All right. Well, you know what? I, I want to kind of get people to understand why is it so important, uh, especially around this particular time, uh, and also people for the LGBT community? Because the thing about it is a lot of people, for myself, I have not heard much. I have not heard much uh, pertaining to some of the concerns and uh, some, of the, some of the things out there for, for the LGBT. So we definitely want to chime in on that. But as far as your take on the political environment right now, what is that? Oh, well, right now, if we look at the political environment, uh, I think we, we all are aware that our democracy is at stake um, because it's where it's being challenged. But um, just because our democracy is being challenged does not mean that we cannot come or recover from where we are right now. Um, we've been here before. We've seen it before, whether it was through the civil rights movement or other movements that have taken place over the years. We always have uh, recovered from them or we've come out on top from them. But it should always be some type of learning experience. Some people look at this and says, "Well, um, this is uh, this is Trump. Uh, this is Trump time, or uh, you know, Trump has totally hijacked our country, and his his people have hijacked our country." But I beg to differ in that area. I think this is the prime opportunity where people have become more aware, people have become more energized, and we have and people are starting to galvanize within their communities to use this as a teachable moment for us to. Uh, move forward in a direction and saying that no, you are not hijack our democracy. No, you are not hijack our country. And there are issues that uh, uh, that that are not being spoken about in Washington or even within our local levels uh, because of this political climate. Where people are, are saying uh, that's fine. If you don't want to talk about those issues and you don't want to invite my group to the table, whether it's black, LGBTQ, Muslim, or whoever it is, if you don't want to invite us to the table, we will ensure that. We remove you from the table because we want to make sure that we're inclusive. So that's why it's important that individuals move in the direction of becoming more engaged, 
we can't sit on the sidelines. No one is allowed to sit on the sidelines, especially at this time in juncture within our political uh, climate. You know, when it comes to sitting on the sidelines, I'm very, very happy you, mo- you spoke about that. A lot of people are still mad about what happened with Hillary. A lot of people are still mad what happened with Bernie Sanders. You know, uh, and so we still got those people who are still living in the past. <laughs> it's hate to say it, yeah. but it's true. Um, a lot of yeah. them really feel as though they were given a short end of the stick. So a lot of them really walked away with a sort of a, a very disappointing uh, taste in their mouth with the Democratic Party. And some may not necessarily choose to even be a part of the vote. What do you say to that? Well, listen, I can't, I, I don't. I, I I never want to take uh, people's emotions for granted and say to just get over it because that was tough for all of us. But what I will say is that we can't stay there uh, because if we stay there, we cripple ourselves and we affect what can happen or what needs to happen. Um, we understand that uh, what took place, but we also need to re- recognize that you know what? Yeah, you know, we're not going to win them all. And if, when we don't win them all, what do we need to do? What can we learn from what we lost? On to gain later, and that's what people have to understand. People want to understand by by you sitting home, you elect people like Trump, and that's what that's what that's what's important. And I don't want to make this political pattern about Trump because if we make this about Trump, we lose again. Right. We have to make this. We have to make this. We cannot run elections. We can't run anything anti-Trump. We have to run this. Uh, we have to run our elections knowing pro movement, pro LGBTQ pro-black, pro-white, pro-Muslim, ensuring that all communities are covered and making sure that no one, no one within South Philadelphia feel as if they're not being included in what needs to happen to move our country and our communities forward. You know, when it comes to the message for Democrats, um, some people have even said, what is the message? What is the message? And it's always kind of good to hear what is the message, because sometimes messages change quite frankly, and I, I do see that there's a lot of things that are still on the table, um, you know, especially when it comes to health care, when it comes to, you know, the right to choose, the right to marry, uh, when it comes to voters' registration, uh, when it comes to even women's right to choose, those particular things. What is the current message for Democrats from your standpoint? I think we should listen to what President Obama, former President Obama, said about the Democratic Party. He said that you know, we don't need to sit here and wait because you know, one thing we do know is that the Democratic Party has always been the party of the people that wants to ensure that individuals have health care, wants to ensure that uh, public, our public education systems are taken care of, our teachers are paid uh, fairly, to ensure that individuals can live a, a life of economic dignity. So that if we, if we wait for a perfect message, we're going to be waiting for a long time. I think what we need to be trying to figure out is what is the what, what is the type of unified front that we can come uh, come come up with that when we as we all move forward that the messaging is the messaging is clear and that is that we won't accept what's being given to us right now and I think that that's what we need to move forward on but the message cannot be anti-Trump and if that if that's the message we're going to lose. You know, uh, also I think uh, some of the the things that really has been showing a lot of fire for the Democrats is the progressive movement. Um, you know, so I'm not sure. And of course, uh, Mr. Andrew Gollum, uh, who's uh, going for the position of governor within the state of Florida, he is up for the progressive movement also. What is your take on the progressive movement? And are you a progressive as well or no? I'm a progressive. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not afraid to say it. I, I, I will say, even as a progressive, I can't become so progressive that I'm, I'm not 
allow myself to to hear uh, what the uh, what everyone else is saying, and I, I think that that can become very very dangerous. Uh, yes, do I believe in Medicare for all? I believe in that. Um, do I believe that we we need to move in a system to ensure that our teachers are paying a fair wage? I believe that. Do I believe in fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage? I believe in that. Uh, do I believe that our our that big businesses need to share and uh, share with our small businesses to ensure that everyone can thrive? I believe that. But I also believe that everyone has economic responsibility. That everyone needs to play a role to ensure that if we're trying to build this society of economic dignity, you all we all must play a role in doing it. It can't be you fight for me while I sit on the sidelines and do it. It must be while you fight, I'm going to advocate also to make it happen, so we can all have this. We can live in this in this world with some type of economic dignity and continue to fight for each other, so we can live in this world that's living a better world that's better for me than what it was when I came here for future students, future children, my future children and nephews and everyone else to come. Now, when it comes to being a state representative, I really don't think a lot of people understand what it, what's the day in the life of a state representative. What exactly is it? Because I, I'll be honest with you, if I was to someone to tell me, I don't know either what to tell them. <laughs> so so can, can you help us understand what is the role and what's the day in the life of a state representative? A state legislator um, is an elected official who works for a lawmaking body in his or her state. Um, so the, the, the state representative is a part-time job in some states, more specifically in Florida, is definitely a, a, a part-time job. Uh, we are part of the legislative branch, so which means that, that we, are, we are the body that creates the laws that are trickle down to the cities and counties in which they are to follow, in which the entire state follow. Uh, and so that's the basic understanding of what it is. You, every, you have 120 House members, they have 40 senators, and that's in Florida, and each of us are given districts, and within those districts, our, uh, we are, our goal is to bring uh, resources back into our district once when we convene for session. And one misconception is, People think legislators' main job is to pass bills. That's not true. Our one constitutional duty is to pass a balanced budget. That's oh, okay, okay. That's yeah. something new. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. All right. Yeah, passing a balanced budget is our one. Con- so if we go up to Tallahassee and we don't do anything else. We're gonna have to pass one bill. The Constitution only tells us that we have to pass a balanced budget. That's it. Wow. So that okay, so that I think a little bit more, a little bit eyes can kind of continue to stay open a little bit more in terms of exactly what is state representatives. Okay, so balance the budget. Interesting. I didn't know that. It's okay. So when it comes to Florida, it comes to our budget. Yeah. <laughs> how how is that? <laughs> is that challenging or what have you what have you seen so far? Oh well, within my six years, it, it's been interesting because uh, a lot of the. The main pieces of the budget is education and health care. You have Florida, which is almost about an $85 billion budget. Uh, within that $85 billion worth of a budget, you mean, majority of it is, you mean, how do we how do we take care of the most the two most important things in our country? I mean, within our state. And uh, that's how we're educating our children and, um, um, and how we ensure that we have a healthy state. Now, you know, when it comes to a lot of things seem to be coming up, even locally over here, trying to you know provide for the the elderly is one one of those things. But you know what now is really coming up is the LGBT elderly. 
Um, even right now, they're actually coming up. They're building up homes specifically as, when it comes to the Pride Center locally down here, uh, specifically for those who are LGBT and elderly. Um, a lot of issues have not necessarily been addressed uh, this year. It seems to be overshadowed by a lot, a lot this year. Um, yeah. What What is the LGBT community speaking of? What are they saying? Well, I, to, I will say that we have advocates such as in, my, uh, in Miami, you have SAID community, uh, you have SAID or you have um, Equality Florida. Uh, these individuals are advocating hard to ensure that in all the LGBTQ communities and those who are uh, a part of that community or even allies of the LGBTQ community uh, to ensure that those issues are placed on the table. And I'm going to be honest with you, I know our biggest thing now is protecting LGBTQ rights. That's the biggest thing that's on the table, uh, and that's on a national and state level. Uh, and to making sure that they don't hijack the rights of, of people and what they do in their in their bedroom. And I think that's where we are right now. I think that's where uh, we want to continue to ensure that we continue to elect people who are going to protect the rights of all people. Uh, and we want to continue to elect people to ensure that, just like you just said, the LGBT, the senior LGBTQ community that might be a, uh, a conversation that's not being had, that we want to elect people who are going to listen to those issues and hear hear out you know, where, uh, what, what's happening, what are we doing for our aging LGBTQ community, uh, which is a topic that I have not heard. Um, and this is probably, to be honest with you, the first time I've heard it um, in a long time. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, definitely is something that, um, especially like I said, I'm over here in Wilt Manor's territory in Fort Lauderdale. And definitely I see what um, some communities such as the Pride Center and what they're doing for specifically the LGBT elderly. And so that seems to be something that I, I, I myself, to be honest with you, have not heard it until this year myself. So that's one of the things I've definitely been understanding. But you know what? I, I, I hate to sometimes clump all LGBT together because there's a lot of issues that African-American LGBT face, not necessarily so much as every other portion of the LGBT community. Would you agree with that? I agree with, I agree with you. Yes. Uh, you know, some of the issues I would, I would think would be homeless and also, uh, especially in Miami to be able to find jobs, etc. seems to be now, again, we're talking about a community that seems to have a lot of disposable income, uh, very well educated for the most part. But there are some that still are kind of left behind a little bit. Um, has any of those issues ever come up at all? Yes. Let me say that. But the, the question, not the question, the, the thing that I am looking forward to today, that I'm looking forward to, is to where the LGBT, the black LGBTQ community is moving to a direction to where we say, where we can stop people from saying, well, we know it's different in the black community. Yes, it's true. But this is the opportunity for us to begin to educate the African-American community, which is becoming younger. And as it become younger, people are becoming more progressive on this conversation. And so I don't want us to continue to get lost in, in, in saying that uh, we know it's difficult in your community, your community. And that's what I've heard, heard a lot of people say. It doesn't have to be. It can be a conversation that can be had because if I put one of a hundred people down a line and went one by one and asked, and asked them a question about who in their family member is within the LGBTQ community, if any of them say that no one, they're lying. Right. You're absolutely right. Every last one of us have a common thread, whether that's in the church or the synagogue. We all have someone within our community, uh, in our family, 
who is a member of the LGBTQ community. Period. And so that's why we need, people need to become educated. Churches need to become educated because pastors also need to under, understand that you can preach your message, but you don't know who these individuals are going home to. And so that's why people have to be careful as what your message is that you're sending out. I mean, yeah, I know a lot of people want, want to preach their fire brimstone messages, and uh, and that if, if, if that's how you get bound, congratulations. Yeah, but I do want people to understand one one other thing. That one thing that we are taught as Christians, as myself, to do is love. That's it. You know, Jesus didn't go around asking people what's your lifestyle. You know, what type of person? Who are you? Are you gay? Are you, Jesus didn't do that. I mean, his his biggest thing was to ensure that we love one another. And, and I can go on on that topic all day long, right? Um, to, to share about that, but it's no need. It's, love is where it all stops. Start and end, and that's what people need to. That's that's what people need to understand. And stop trying to go around giving people lectures. Deal with your own life first. So as of this year, right, the next 45 days, why are midterms? Because a lot of people really don't vote in the midterms. They don't vote in the midterms. Why is it so important to elect and actually go to the polls for the midterms? Well, first of all, all politics is local. The midterm election is where a lot of local races are taking place and a lot of and most of your gubernatorial races are taking place. This is the precursor for the general. We now know at the midterm election how our how our general election will look. And it's important that we get a good showing now in preparation for November 2020 to let the uh, opposing party know that people are energized, the people are galvanized, and they are about to proactively to ensure that we take back our country and take back our community. And I think this is the precursor. This is going to tell how all of this will play out in November of 2020. You know, I really don't know how has Florida been in the midterms. Are we really? Because I know in general, a lot of population doesn't really come out as much. Is this? Uh, you know, I know with Obama, maybe it was a little bit different. Was was Obama was a little bit more of a of a turnout bigger in for the midterm elections around the, around the time that he was actually running? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes, now, it was. President Obama. Uh, that was a that was a huge movement. And this, if you look at if you look at what if you look at Andrew Gillum. Um, his campaign right now is about the same. It's about the same showing right now. It's about the same. Oh, wow. It's about the same. So really, do you guys expect a big turnout around the midterms, correct? Oh, guaranteed. Okay. Guaranteed. Okay. All right. Then, therefore, you know, definitely, uh, we have to make sure we got to push that message a little bit harder. So right now, in terms of well, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of jump back on the progressive moment for just a quick minute because the minute the minute you mention progressive, people think socialist. And that, and as much as people don't like to say that word, uh, they feel it has a very nasty word to it. Can, can you kind of break it down in terms of when people think of that, they don't is not necessarily, or is it that? Well, first of all, let's I mean let's be clear on one thing. A lot of people who call who say the word socialist, they don't even know what a, a socialist is. Uh, Reverend Barber made it very clear at the uh, Congressional Black Caucus, and he said uh, it's not socialism. Uh, it's a moral social contract rooted in the establishment of justice for all. If you consider Medicare for all, making sure people are healthy, if you consider that socialism, wait a minute, let, well, let me even go back. You define socialism and what it means to 
means to you. I'm mean, that's rhetorical, right? Right. Because all the people who are talking about who speak of socialism, they're talking about individuals who want everything for free. But truth be told, if it's Medicare for all, actually that saves our 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 state. That saves our country money to ensure that because if if those individuals are going to the emergency rooms to get treated anyway, and they go into like Memorial or Jackson. The taxpayers are, are, are paying for that bill anyway, so why not ensure that individuals are healthy? Or, or why not ensure that we pay individuals a living wage so they can take care of their families, which will allow us the opportunity to take people, uh, remove more people off of welfare, to, to give individuals economic dignity in their community? Is that socialism? That's not, that's not, that's not socialism. Or paying our teachers a fair, a fair a fifth, at least $50,000 a year to ensure that they can take care of their families and they're going to have to work two, three, and four jobs. Is that socialism? So people, when they speak of socialism, they don't even know what socialism is. You know, individuals speak of it from a standpoint, of a talking point, when that's not even the case. And do you think it's also the fault of the Republicans in terms of giving people to misunderstand that particular portion of the movement? Yeah, and, that, and that's what it is. That's why, that's why I say it's a, they're, making this, they're making this their talking point. They're making socialism their, their, their talking point. I mean, because they believe that, well, conservatives believe that social, socialism is uh, economic irresponsibility because we're not being responsible when it comes to spending money. And so they feel that when you walk into the area of, uh, of pouring dollars into uh, helping, indivi- uh, helping individuals with more social programming, they believe that that's government giving too much too much money to people rather than giving government too much money into systems rather than giving money into people. Where whereas the biggest the biggest thing is that our goal is to try to empower people to the best way of our ability so people can live better lives. And so the, the Republicans they don't they don't have they, I mean even now. There's no plan when it comes to education. There's no plan when it comes to uh, to our healthcare system. The Republicans have shown that for the past twenty years, and that's why it's time for us to move into a different direction. So there's no this socialism conversation is them just trying to create a political talking point that's not real. Now you know I did an interview not that long ago because uh, what we're beginning to see more and more. I believe what was proposed from the Republicans recently was regards to the right to be able to discriminate or adoption agencies to discriminate against LGBT couples uh, based upon their religious beliefs. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought, and I and I did this podcast about a month or a month and a half ago in regards to this. Now, when it comes to discrimination, now, by the way, when I should say adoption agencies, I'm talking about state-funded adoption agencies. Those who receive state funds, um, they have the right to be able to choose what particular couple and be- discriminate based upon their values. Um, and so I'm beginning to see this more. Is this something that's happening more and more in the state of Florida? We knocked that rule down in Tallahassee as far as individuals being able to discriminate as far as adoption because of religious background. Uh, that, that did not go through. Um, the, the Senate, the Senate killed that. Now, when it comes to the rules, apparently the rules are they still the same pertaining to LGBT parents to be under one particular, or two parents to be able to adopt the child? Are that is that issue ever coming up at all? I'm sure that I'm sure we will see it again. I'm okay. sure we're going to see it again. I, I can guarantee you that. Okay. Okay. I can guarantee you. 
And now, what am I missing? Because I know a lot of people, when it comes to the political uh, the realm, they kind of only see what's happening on television, and that's about it. What are other things that people should be more aware of? What are current issues? One thing that is not being spoken about that people need to be aware of is that in a few months, we will deal with the census again. And from the census, we will be dealing with uh, redistricting. And so I want people to be very clear that uh, if you want to ensure that we move into fair districts and our districts are drawn appropriately, uh, we should be paying very close attention to what's about to happen in the coming months when it comes to the census and when it comes to redistricting. Now, when it comes to the census, just to make sure, I mean, I'm clear, and correct me if I'm wrong, census only comes up every 10 years. Is that correct? Correct. And so right now, for as far as the Democratic governor's position, it's probably more important than ever because majority of the, the governors in the state of, correction, majority of governors in the entire U.S. are Republican, correct? That's correct. So, you know, I'm trying, I'm just, I'm pulling out my uh, political uh, ABC, you know, uh, dictionary here. All right, so, <laughs> so, when it, <laughs> so when it comes, so when it comes to having Democratic governors to be able to redistrict because it's almost like right now the republicans have been able to choose their choose their voters and the way they actually right. have things uh lined up with gerrymandering yeah gerrymandering is real uh and and but you I mean you have the fair you have the fair district act that was uh voted on i think in 2000 <clears throat> i think it's either 2014 2016 it was voted on um a few years ago and it, it, it called for fair districting. Uh, but what does that mean? Uh, I mean, we don't, we don't know. Florida will find out whether or not we're going to follow that rule in the coming year or so. Uh, but I want to make one mention that even you, you made mention of what we should take a look out, look out for. And along with the census, people should also recognize that right now the federal government uh, has a federal, a federal judge out of New York, I believe, just challenged the new census rules that where an individual, uh, the, the, the citizenship question would discourage immigrants from participating. And so knowing that that dilutes the political representation and federal dollars for states that tend to vote Democratic. So I just, that's why I said people got, I want people to understand that. But even, even in Republican-ran uh, legislatures uh, like Florida, you know, stuff like that, what they're trying to do with the census uh, to, to, uh, to ensure that individuals are not counted within the census, these are the type of games that uh, the Republicans are playing to um, to hijack our, our our country. Wow! Okay, so and they're playing the immigration card again. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. This this is a uh, this is kind of funny in, in terms of uh, because I, you know we also have a lot of uh, different type of listeners who listen to the podcast. Not only just Black LGBT, but we also have a lot of uh, Latin uh, vote listeners who also listen to it as well. So when it comes to you know things that we've already seen. We've seen the damage that, you know, the the president or current sitting person, I don't want to even say his name, uh, basically have done with DACA. We've seen them already doing with splitting certain families and putting children in these, these camps, it seems. Uh, when it comes, but at, at the same time, we still see, at least for me, locally down here in South Florida, I still see a lot of Latin voters, uh, Hispanic voters, still supporting that party, do you is that something yeah. that you see a lot of still? But a lot of them are the older Hispanics who are 
who's still supporting um, uh, the party. The younger uh, Hispanics, they they're very clear on uh, uh, they're very clear on what's happening uh, politically. You can you can see them moving away further and further from the Republican Party. Well, that's a little refresher, a little, little breath of fresh air, a little bit. Yeah, right. Because uh, yeah. a lot a lot of young ones seem to definitely have a lot of. Um, uh, definitely a lot of uh, energy behind them, so they definitely see the see things definitely changing. So yes. now our our basically our last hoorah here. Now people don't really talk about the environment. To me, the environment is still important. Yes, I understand, especially right now, it's been put on the back burner. But being down here in South Florida, definitely uh, there's a lot of still issues pertaining to the uh, the Everglades and things of that nature, especially when it came down to the water situation. A few years ago, I believe, there was something that was voted that definitely compromised the quality of our water. Has that been coming up at all or just been overshadowed also? We don't talk about it enough, but I think people need to understand that environmental issues are is a social justice issue, and people need to recognize that the quality of water, that social justice, uh, the, uh, the amount of lead that's in in water within African American uh, within African American communities, or the lack of fluoride within African American communities, yeah, that's those those are social justice issues. So yeah, people might say, oh well, I'm not, I don't care about the Everglades. Oh yeah, I don't care about the red tide. Uh, yeah, you might not care about that. But there are other environmental issues that are social justice issues that people should be aware be aware of, and we should be talking about, especially within um, within community. Um, I mean, if if you don't, if people don't care about anything, they should we should be talking about like sea level rise. Yeah, it might not affect your community out east. I mean, out west, uh, but out east. Yeah, if we don't begin to find a way and look at innovative ways to deal with sea level rise, you know, it's a, it's a problem. And, and I believe some Republicans are starting to see it as a problem, but yeah, I just think the environment is a, is a conversation that we have uh, we have put as last on our list. When the truth be told, uh, we we should probably move it up a tad bit because it's actually a very important issue. Right, right. Now you know, well, I think the the community definitely understands a little bit better in terms of what it is that we should be paying more attention to, and also what things we should, uh, especially for the Black LGBT community. A lot of us. Uh, you know, we really, quite frankly, because like I said, I've always thought that our issues were a little bit different than everyone else. But you're right. You know, it, it shouldn't be viewed as as that in terms in terms of like it's a completely separate thing. Uh, the reality yeah. is the fact that we really have to get a lot of things done. And I know your job on the even though it's part time, it sounds like, <laughs> after understanding that a little bit is still a tough position. Is that something that yeah. you plan on uh, continuing? How long are you going to continue state uh, state representative? I have I have two more I have two more years I'm on my last term and um and in the next few weeks uh, let's see let's see what 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 happens uh, stay tuned Chris <laughs> <laughs> I will be staying tuned I will be staying tuned and I'll I'll make sure you come back here again as a representative for the for a state representative that's for sure. <laughs> So one thing that you like is that I definitely uh, appreciate. We kind of jumped from a lot of issues here, but you know what? I wanted to kind of grab your time because I know it's a valuable time for people to kind of understand. One, state representative. Two, what things are really on the ballot that really people should be paying more attention to. And census, census, census uh, is something that we definitely should not be overshadowing. So people should understand exactly what they're going to be dealing with if they do not vote the correct way. So thank okay. you for a lot of clarification. I really appreciate that. This really helps me a lot uh, in terms of um, in terms of uh, the political 
environment and giving people some information out there. Now, also, I'm going to definitely put information on our website, on also on the podcast highlights in terms of how to get in contact with you, just in case people have any questions. How can people be able to email you, etc.? They can email me at chevronjones at gmail.com. But let me spell my name because some people say Chevron or Shervin. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's Chevron, and that's S-H-E-V as in Victor, R as in Ralph, I-N, jones at gmail.com. Awesome, awesome. Any social media? Oh, uh, Social media is Chevron Jones. Twitter is Chevron Jones. Instagram is Chevron Jones. Awesome, awesome. Very simple. Nobody can get confused. All right. <laughs> well, I, I truly appreciate you, Mr. Chevron Jones, for coming to the show. And like, and like I said, I'll, well, one, I'll definitely be following you on uh, those social medias as well. But also, just in case we have any other topics that I definitely believe that your insight would truly help, would you like to come back on the show? Yep. You call me anytime. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Well, this is Christian Brothers Me Podcast signing off from the state representative Chevron Jones, and we truly appreciate him joining us. You guys have a wonderful day. <laughs>